Hey kids, you're listening to Nothing in Moderation with Travis and Mike. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on this regularly scheduled dumpster fire. You can catch us on all the social medias under at Nothing in ModPod. So let's go ahead and get this hillbilly hog fight underway. What did you do now? I brought a white claw in here with the intentions of cracking it open as soon as we started recording. Uh-huh. And then I cracked it open when we when I thought I hit record the first time wow. and didn't actually hit record the first time, so we didn't get the recording of the white claw cracking open. So you didn't have the white claw sound, but you have this? Yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah. So I got a white claw. That's I guess that's all that matters. I mean I'm I'm just cracking open a, a bush light. Oh yeah, Bush Light, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's there's nothing more Wango Tango than Bush Light, buddy. It's no natty ice. I'm not convinced it's close. Speaking of speaking of beers, I uh when I was down mm-hmm. in South Florida this week, I made it a point to go hang out with Chris, uh, who is an avid listener of the show and he, he praised the show and how much he loves it and stuff, because he loves us. And uh he, he shared some pretty badass craft beers with me. He uh he gets them, he does beer swaps around the country with people and stuff and he had some, some pretty sweet, like, chocolatey, peanut buttery, banana-y, banana fosters, all kinds of wild and crazy kid shit. God, I don't understand beer people. I really don't. And it's just I like... I've just never gotten into it. It's like saying if you like if you like ice cream, you're only allowed to have vanilla. Why not try other yeah, things? No, 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 no. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like I, I understand the, the different flavors and stuff. I don't understand beer people specifically. You mean like doing the beer swaps like some and stuff? people... Yeah, is it kind of like wife swapping, or... No, you don't get the used bottle back when you're done. Oh, well, fuck. <laughs> that, doesn't seem, that doesn't seem like as good of a deal. It's not like you send them your bottle, and Growlers they fill it expensive. up and send it back. No. Well, it is. I mean, that's not, that's not... I'm not interested, then. Oh, well, you're into the wife swap thing. But no, it it's a... What you normally do is, like, if you're doing beer swaps, it's... Somebody wants something that's only available in your local area, and you want something from their area... Mm. And you figure out the dollars and cents, and you each eat shipping to send it to the other one, and that way you get varieties of beer that don't typically make the distance, yeah. you know, like Butte Black Porter okay. or, or stuff from Red River Brewing, like yeah. Pliny the Elder and stuff like that. From I was going to say, because some breweries don't leave their area, really. We actually went to a real small brewery down there uh, in South Florida, and I, I can't pronounce it. It's like O-O-K-A, and then I don't remember the rest. It's like Ukama. Uka. But Ukuma. but they're considered a nano brewery. They started with a one barrel system, which is like thirty gallons, and they've upgraded to a thirty barrel or to a three barrel system, so it's just shy of a hundred gallons. And they don't sell outside of their tasting room. The only place you can drink their beer yeah. is in their tasting room. So yeah, wow, that seems that seems both good and bad. Like you're not going to make a ton of money. Um, I don't think selling to you know specific crowd in one area, right? But at the same time, like if you really love beer, does it matter? Well, in, you know, Central 28, which is one over by you, it's in DeBerry. They're, when I was talking to them about trying to start a brewery and stuff, the advice they gave me was figure out, you know, one, two, three staple beers 
and make them. And regardless of where you are, so long as it's within reason, if you make good beer, people will come to drink it. And they have a much bigger facility and much bigger operation than the one I went to in South Florida. But the kind of cool part about the one in South Florida is if you're only brewing one barrel at a time, which is five, uh, six pony kegs or two full size kegs, Mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to scrap a batch of beer that turned out like shit and not lose your ass on it. You know what I mean? So if you're in it full tilt for 200 bucks and it turns out like crap, or you want to make a small adjustment, you're not in it for a couple thousand dollars every time or anything like that. And and I'm I'm just picking numbers out of the air. I don't actually know Mm -hmm. how much it is per brew, but that means that you can do a lot of experimentation and you don't have a lot of product to try and unload. If you do make something or plus this brewery just picked up all the canning equipment so they can actually can the beers as a to go item instead of just having, you know, refills on growlers and stuff like that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's uh, that's, that's always, you know, smart. After I visited, I started looking up because, you know, I brought up with Matt and Louie trying to do the brewery thing and how much money it was. I was like, I wonder how much a single barrel legit system with controls would cost. And it's anywhere from like 10 to 20 grand, which is a lot better than 10 times that price for the bigger stuff we were looking at before. Yeah, for real. I feel like, uh, I feel like that's not too big of an investment if you have a good recipe and a market, you know what I mean? You mean like, like um, 10 or 20 grand? Yeah, yeah, like to to make it back, I guess. No. You know what I mean? Like if you if you have a, a solid recipe and, and a, you know, people to sell to, I, I don't feel like that's a huge investment to, to potentially make back. No, I mean, you're going to be in it for that. And then I didn't look at how much canning equipment is. Um, but if you're, if you're just making 16-ounce cans, you know what I mean, and selling four packs of 16-ounce cans, you've got to have mm-hmm. the cans, the canning equipment the labels which you can you can do by hand mm-hmm. in small volume if you need to the brewing equipment yeah. shit like that so i mean even if you're in it for 40 grand total and then you're selling four packs we, for we, good so here's what we need we need us we need a nothing in we need a brewery right that needs labels and we will donate stickers from the podcast for the labels if any of our friends out there know anyone who brews beer and sells it we are happy to we've got like 37 stickers left so (laughs) i've still give you 36 of them i've still got some too and we can order more but we're happy to donate our art if you want to make a nothing in moderation Mm -hmm. brew yep yep i feel like that's a podcast thing to do like there are lots of podcasts that have beers or partnerships with breweries because i feel like the the podcast and the beer market go hand in hand like they're they're a special kind of hipster type person that that likes podcasts and beer yeah, I can tell you that with Maddie Cakes and Louie that the the beer company name that, that Louie got copyrighted or Mac got copyrighted or trademarked or whatever it is is Jackpot Brewing. So that was the They spent goal. the money to get it trademarked and have never made a beer? We did the poor man trademark where you, okay. you mail All it right. to yourself, certified, mail it to yourself. sealed. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, mm-hmm. we've got a couple different – I say we, and and in all reality, I mean, Matt, Matty Cakes, he's the one who's done it and he's entered competitions and won medals and you're the evil scientist and I'll be the person who interacts with people and Louie runs all the, all the interweb stuff and we'll go from there. You definitely don't want Louie interacting with people. (laughs) I'm not going to trash anybody, especially not one of my lifetime buddies. (laughs) Well, no, but between the three of you, like Matt's the brains, you're the guy that's good at interacting with people. That's not trashing Louie. Just Louie's not the guy you want in the between the three of you. Louie's not the guy you want interacting with people. 
but Lu- you gotta you gotta get people the right strengths, right? And Louis picks up on all the brewing stuff. I mean, he's been around Matt enough that he can do all that shit too. And I mean, between the three of us, I figure we can fucking clean shit and mop the floors and yeah. sling the beers. Yeah. So yeah, certain jobs you got to split amongst the three of you. There are certain jobs that you know you don't want certain people doing in the group. Right. Nobody wants me to run their Twitter feed. I get it. I can't Definitely even run not. our Twitter yeah, feed. No. Yeah, God, nobody can. I just I just text the uh, the Twitter ostrich on reposting our stuff. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's all we really need. So a Twitter ostrich. I'm going to start working ostrich into every title so that when it tweets out the uh, the auto the automated tweet, it's got ostrich and then it just automatically retweets it for us. That's funny. I've I've tried to get Devin Nunez's cow to respond to us and it hasn't yet. Yeah. Well. You know, it's busy. It's bu- it's busy handling other things that Devin Nunes cow is uh is responsible for. <laughs> he got so mad at that fake Twitter account. Uh, like that, that fake Twitter account had like no followers, and then Nunes found it and flipped shit he got and mad made a big it, yep. stink about it, yep. and and then it ended up with all these followers, and then he's suing a make believe cow. Why would you do that? Like, why would you say something about it? Like, if I stumble across, uh, like if. If there's a nothing in moderation cows Twitter, right, and it's like just tweets making fun of us, and I see that it has no followers, I'm not going to retweet it. I mean, I'm going to because I don't have any followers either. So we're you know we're we're, we're retweeting to the same people, <laughs> right? But, the- but if I'm Devin Nunes and I've got several hundred thousand followers, I assume. Right. I'm not retweeting that shit. I'm letting it, I'm letting it lie. But you know, it, I'm going to send him a DM and say, "Hey, you suck." But this is that same thing that you and I talked about before, where I said even bad press is good press. You know, and, and you didn't necessarily agree with me, but, you know, so he makes a big stink about it. He sues them. They end up in the news. The name is then seen by people. And then the people that don't support Nunez go to it and, and have an issue with it. Well, and the people that do support him go to it as well. <laughs> right. The Howard <laughs> Stern they wanna, theory. They want to. Yeah. You know, the, so you get and see, and, and that's like that's I if that's the scenario, I believe that, that no, there's no such thing as bad press. But there is such a thing as bad press. There are certain things that could be said about you that just wouldn't, you know, help you in any way. Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that getting your name into the newspaper as a child molester is good for business, clearly. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's not good times. But, I mean, making so, waves. I think that's, when I disagreed, I think that's what I was saying. <laughs> well, okay, well, you know. What the hell was that? I, I had a dinosaur. Is there a T-Rex behind you? There is. Oh, okay. He was mm-hmm. burping, and, and I was trying to keep it off Okay. Mind. Oh, well, sorry. Sorry for calling you out then. I will not be cutting this part out because that's that's embarrassing for you. Yeah, well, hopefully it didn't make it onto the actual mic. (laughs) Either way. I doubt it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, what do you got going on? You you, uh, you spent this uh, last week out of town. Um, Yeah. And you're spending this coming week out of town as well. Sure am. uh, What's your your deal? So that that puts us on a limited production schedule. Um, So we... It does. We vary days that we record based on, on our schedules, and now we're... We're recording, golly, four days probably before the episode comes out instead of day yeah, before so we yeah, can't keep much. it pertinent. And uh, I I got offered a, a new job, um, still working in the same industry, uh, but at a company that's a, a lot more niche. And I went down Is there. The tulip industry? Yeah, tulips on my ass. My whole ass. <laughs> Kiss of my whole ass. But uh, so I had to travel out of town. It's about... Uh, 140 miles from home and I'm doing a two week training program down there and then I get to do uh, remote stuff for them. But I told Ashley when I came home after the first week that 
it kind of sucks that they're not closer or we're not closer to them physical distance wise because everybody at the job, all, all six people, all eight people, whatever it is, are mm-hmm. super, super pleasant and a lot of fun to work with. And everybody's, you know, got that team mentality. And I, I know we've talked about, you don't, you shouldn't think of work as a family because typically they don't think of you that way. It's just business. Yeah. But I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, man, it's, it's funny being in the office and seeing the way everybody interacts with everybody else. It's, it's legitimately like a group of brothers, the way they rib each other and, and just everyone's mm-hmm. moving towards the same goal. And it's not, you know, I, I looked at you at, at three fifteen and saw that you were on your phone and at three sixteen you finally got back on the computer. It it's not that bullshit like people talk yeah. you know, throughout the day, where'd you go for dinner? What'd you do for this? Did you see this movie? And it's just constant it's not constant fuckery. And everything gets mm-hmm. done because they're very, very busy, which is why they needed another person. But just seeing yeah. how well everyone meshes together, I started you know, in downtime asking, Oh, how long have you known so-and-so and how long have you known so-and-so? And three of the core guys have known each other for like 25 years, 20, 25 years at this point. Like they went to middle school mm-hmm. together type deal. Yeah. And that's awesome. And clearly I'm the newest guy and, and the second newest guy has been there for like two and a half years. So it, it was a little intimidating and I'm not typically easily intimidated. And the biggest thing for me was I want to go in, I want to do a good job. I don't want to, you know, somebody stuck their neck out and put in a good word for me. And I don't want to make them look bad and I don't want to disappoint anybody, but I've been told I'm doing really well and ahead of the curve. And so I'm, I'm super excited to learn the product catalog and, and get everything going. So a, I can start making money, but B, I can start making them money too. So it's really exciting. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, you know, it's a performance automotive field, which I'm super into. Um, and it's a very select market. I don't want to give up too much information. And I know you and I have talked about this off the year because I just don't want to, yeah, yeah. I don't want to give up too much information until everything's solidified and there's no issues with it and stuff like that. But it's, yeah. it's really cool to me being, uh, into cars. It's not just like car sales, which to me is not cool. It's what people are doing and what we're helping facilitate is really exciting because it's the kind yeah. of shit that anyone that is, a muscle car person or is into working mm-hmm. on cars is like, man, that shit's cool. So it, it well, really doesn't get much better than helping people build their dream shit. Yeah. Well, and I, I think if, if this gives up too much info, like I, you know, we can cut it out, but the, I think a lot of it for, for you is that it's a very niche market, but it's also very like, it's not just, they don't, you're not just picking, you know, off the shelf parts and putting them on a random platform. Like it's, you know, it's, it's so much more than that, that they, they facilitate and they deal with, you know, they do, you know, like you said, it's, it's very, you know, it's very specific, but it's also very different every time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, the application isn't necessarily the same every time, you know, and people that are doing this are, you know, it's not a $200 blow off valve that they're installing. You know what I mean? Like it's a, you know, it's a full a full deal right like for lack of you know yeah and to give a little more insight like it, and and i appreciate it's the a caution. full build it is and it's yeah. it's not just like i work for hooker headers and i i will sell you whatever headers you want for whatever vehicle you have yeah. whether it's a chevy cobalt yeah. or a, a ferrari and it's not you yeah. know tires every car needs Wait, tires i'm not hold on hold, whoa 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 does hooker make ferrari headers uh, i need to know this probably not i don't think they make cobalt headers either <laughs> 
keep 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 going. I was I, I didn't even think about that. They probably don't make those either. You picked two bad examples, sir. I tried to just pick as far opposite ends of the spectrum as yeah. I could. Remind me about remind me to tell you the Lamborghini story too. But all right, all right. So it's not just one product. It's it's a comp. It's a shop and it's a company that builds really cool shit and they sell their own products and they sell products to help facilitate this cool shit that are made by other people and. If somebody calls in and they say, hey, I'm trying to put this engine in this platform, what do I need to do it? We're a one-stop mm-hmm. shop to do it. And, you know, we can sell you everything from the the $3 fuel fitting you need to make something work all the way up to, and probably beyond this, what I saw just in the first week I was there. We ran up, you know, engine, transmission, all the fittings, all of this for the fuel, the, the cooling, mm-hmm. the everything. Everything needed to put this entire set up together in, you know, this chassis and it was like $27,000 and that still wasn't including the front suspension they could potentially put together or any of the other stuff that they could potentially put, you know, that's not wheels, that's not tires, that's not exhaust that, you know what I mean? So it's, it's really, it's really cool to be able to get on the phone with somebody who says, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm putting together. What's it going to take? And you can have all the answers for them, all the products for them you know, email them over an estimate completely broken down by pieces part. And they're like, all right, that's cool. I'm a shop. I'm going to buy three of these. You know what I mean? And then they're buying, you know, they're buying 70 or a hundred thousand dollars worth of parts all at once, but they're doing it because it's not the end of the world to be building this car for somebody who walked into the shop Mm -hmm. and said, I have a hundred thousand dollars to put a car together, you know? So you're helping, absolutely. You're helping people put some cool shit together and your name gets Mm -hmm. to go on it. And, and, you know, you end up in countless magazines for shit like that. If that's something that you're into, but it's, it's, well, and, and I think, I think those extreme, more extreme builds, you know, the guys do, um, those aren't just like I bought X car and I'm making payments on it and I want to make it a little faster. Like that's cool. But like, there's a difference. Like a lot of these guys that are doing the kind of stuff that this, your company deals with, these are like, I've owned this car since I was a kid, or this is my dream car, and this is what I want to do to it. You know, so it's bigger than, I think, you know, just off-the-shelf parts for a car that the bank owns. Yeah, and... You so know, that's what I think is cool about it. The reach is a lot wider than I thought, too. Like, I just thought it was, oh, we're looking at this specific model year, this specific make and, and body. But come to find out, you know, the audience that we cater to covers from like the 1950s all the way up until current and over a huge number of platforms. And I was like, man, we have parts for all this. And they're like, yeah. And, and so it's, it's super exciting to be learning the new stuff and realize how much, how many people you can actually help and to see how busy those guys are. You know, mm-hmm. every, every time you take a phone call, every time a, a question's generated, I don't have the answer to, I can see it as a learning opportunity to, to not have to ask that question again in the future. So I, I'm excited to learn as much as possible and hopefully get up to speed to where, you know, these other guys are not necessarily right away because I don't expect to pick up two, four, ten years worth of knowledge in weeks or anything. But it, it's exciting to be learning all kinds of new stuff and have guys that are super willing and open to teach you about it. So I'm excited. Really cool. Yeah, no, I'm, I know you are and I'm, I'm happy for you to, you know, so you, you, know, you can be doing something that you are you know legitimately passionate about yeah so just gonna I think it's cool gonna tell myself every day on the way to work don't suck don't suck yeah yeah the uh i uh along those same lines i am pretty pretty set on getting my knuckle tattoos soon 
And uh, I think I'm going to get Don't Quit on my knuckles, like a real piece of white trash. Nice. I thought you were getting nothing in Mod Pod or some some variant there. I don't know how that fits on eight knuckles, buddy. So, Hmm. And Mod Pod. I get pods. moderate, but then, yeah. Ooh, I could do that. In Mod Pod exclamation point. There you go. Hmm. Or just at in mod pod. So and I'll get the, yeah, the B I T dot L Y slash on my knuckles. <laughs> you'll get you'll get the shortened link. Yeah, that way we can just put our hands together and take a picture and, and then we'll regret it forever. Nice. I mean, I've regretted most every picture I've taken around you. So. <laughs> <laughs> the few that I have are are usually bad times. The camera adds ten pounds. How many camera that bitch got? It does. Yeah. 30 cameras what oh that was my excuse everybody that took pictures of me most of my life was using fucking 15 or 20 cameras and each of them has 10 pounds right the new iphone's got what three cameras on it you're gonna point at people three cameras yeah everybody yeah. look fat as foot so, yep an extra 30 pounds on everybody's picture i got asked I took if a picture of that boy with my picture phone <laughs> i got asked if our uh if our wow was on a, a soundboard or not you know, I don't think I ever cut it out. I think I deleted the soundboard app when we stopped recording, like, together. You know what I mean? Like, when we went to this remote setup. Like, I, you know, I don't... I, I put the stuff in that would have been on the soundboard. Like, I put it in before I start recording. Right. So, it's, you know, when I... And then I add your stuff in, and, and then I export it all as one deal. Um, So, I, I stopped using the soundboard. But I need to cut it out and put it on there. Yeah, It's easier you, just to make you say it. So <laughs> It's fairly consistent. You can very be like, wow... Yeah, I'm mean, like, you didn't slow it down. Wow. No. Well, then it doesn't sound we'll like little people. <laughs> yeah. So, so, man. The, uh, the, so I've got, um, I don't really have anything going on. We're still, we're still remodeling the, the multi million dollar studio. Man, so I spent oh, man. The, uh, I spent more of my time fucking demolishing shit and getting it ready for them to start here this next couple of weeks or so. Did you ever so. end up taking your TikTok video of you swinging a sledgehammer with a chisel or with your electric chisel no. smashing the fireplace no, up? No, I couldn't uh I couldn't I couldn't get the video. It didn't work as like it wasn't as cool as I thought it was going to be. That's the story of my so. life. Yeah, no, no, mine too. So, the uh I I tried to like I actually I think I I think I said right when we were talking about that originally, I fucking broke the uh the fucking air chisel that i bought like it just shit the bed about 10 minutes after i started using it so that's right i mean i paid 19 dollars for it on amazon so i returned it anyway and then you said you bought one but, of the the actual chisels but it didn't have a handguard yeah. you didn't know they were supposed to have a handguard yeah yeah i didn't know that. well i mean they're not they don't necessarily have to have a handguard but it's it's preferred that they do so. yeah for your hand yeah because i whacked the fuck out of my hand before i got the chisel with the handguard so oh man I uh I've been I've been working on the fireplace still too. I took a grinder to it yesterday and with a cutoff wheel, like a masonry cutoff wheel on it to try to clear out more space. So it's still not done. That fucking fireplace is kicking my ass. It's the uh it's one of those things where like I I wish I would have paid somebody to just do it, but at the same time knowing what it's taken me, what somebody would have charged me to do it, like I just I can't do it anyway. <laughs> so yeah. Like no, I I'll probably ju- got fucking ten or fifteen hours into this thing. I'll just leave the fireplace. Never mind. Too much work. Too yeah, expensive. I, I, I wish that were an option. The uh, can't just leave it. It's got to go. How's, in the way. how's all your uh, entrepreneurship stuff going? Any progress? It's um um I you know I I learned when I was doing the website for the podcast that I don't know shit about websites. 
Um, I am once again relearning that I still don't know shit about websites. Nice. So I, uh, I'm, uh, so the, we're mostly like we're legit and ready to you know do business. Um, the website's mostly done, so I'm just kind of to the point now where I have to start doing those cold calls and you know all the stuff nobody actually wants to do. Well, I mean, so with the, uh, with what I'm doing, we move. Um, we do business in that field because I, I know you had said some mm-hmm. people you know listen you may not want to give it up yeah. but w- we do business in that field you know with crate engines and mm-hmm. transmissions and stuff so it might be yep. if it's anything that know. we can get quotes on it can't hurt yep send them my way Cute. Oh, you got my info yeah got your so, your digits yeah, I, uh, yo I've, I've reached out to the people I know in the industry um but there's there's multiple sides to the industry, right. and I only really know people on one side, and those don't I don't need those people yet. <laughs> I need them, but not yet. Right. So I uh, you know, but I like I said, like I reached out to Todd and um, a couple other people that I know, you know, that are that are in the industry. But um, you know, so I'll hopefully have some stuff rolling here pretty soon. So. Cool. I got to. I spent a lot of fucking money trying to get legal. So nah, you didn't spend that <laughs> much money. Way less than a, a small Oof. brewery process. Uh, way less, but yeah, than than a ten thousand dollars small brewery process, but not much less. And enough that you don't want to just throw it away. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. Enough that I don't want to just throw it away, and but also enough that I'm scared to fuck it up. <clears throat> yeah. So there's that. I mean. Elon Musk is a billionaire, and he's done fucked up a couple of times before he was successful with PayPal. So it's all right to fail. That's true. Yeah, no, I, I, I am, uh, I'm okay failing. That's the so, whole point of this yeah, podcast. You know, I, and that was the, well, and, and that was the the conversation that the wife and I had before before we did any of this. Is it's like I'm the money that I've put into it. Like I I reconciled as soon as it left the bank account that there's like a ninety eight percent chance that we'll never see it again. Right. You know, and, and it's, you know, it, it's, it was, it's a little easier to think of it that way because, you know, it's not, it's not, it's going to make me work hard to make sure that I do, don't lose it forever. But at the same time, like it, you know, this is, the industry is, is, you know, it's got a pretty high failure rate. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, but you just have but to look at it as how many meals do you get? Yeah. Well, there's a fairly low bar for entry into the industry, um, on the side that I'm on because, you know, I don't have to buy, um, pretty much everybody knows I'm in logistics. So, you know, that's what, that is what it is. But like, I don't have to buy a fucking $150,000 tractor trailer to do what I'm doing. Right. So my, my entry is my bar for entry is much lower. Well, that allows a lot of people to get in and create, you know, a higher failure rate because, you know, pretty much anybody can just go file for the license and, you know, file an LLC. Like it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, but and have no fucking clue what they're doing at all. So I, you know, I have a little bit of a leg up in that aspect that I, you know, have been doing this job or something similar for ten years or more. Um, you know, but I, it's still, it's you know, there's still a good possibility that, you know, it may not go. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, give it hell. So <laughs> keep working at it. And just set it all on fire. Yeah, yeah. When I get rich, you guys will, you guys will know because we'll we'll stop putting out podcast episodes. Oh, <laughs> but I I enjoy our time <laughs> together. I actually thought I was talking to my business partner for the other thing about doing a podcast with him based on our journey, like creating the business or whatever, because that's that's a very popular thing to do. Like people document, you know, the whatever they're doing, you know, like if you're 
building a dog pen. Right. Like you document every step of that and there probably isn't a huge market for dog pens specifically, but there might be, you know, and you put that shit out there. Well, and you see that so on we've YouTube actually talked all about doing like too. a podcast for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and there are guys that will, you know, put up a hundred videos of them building a dog pen and, you know, they may not get a bunch of likes and then they pivot to another project that fucking a million people want to see. Right. So the whole, not Etsy, you know, the but, uh, Pinterest concept. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know that. So we'll see. You know, we're uh, good. No, I was going to say, I know like with the YouTube stuff, I was looking at it. I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm putting a car together. I may as well do a quick video series, you know, once a week and just release something or whatever it is, just progress on the car. And I was like, man, nobody's going to pay attention to this shit. You know, even the biggest automotive channels, when I think of independent automotive channels, I think of like the smoking tire, which I don't know if you've ever seen Mm -hmm. that. Um, he's got like a million yeah. subscribers. That's that's not that many in the grand scheme of YouTube-ness. You know, like when the old lady no. looks at nail polish shit that's got like fucking 10 million subscribers. That's the point that I realized the majority <laughs> of men don't watch. The majority of viewers on YouTube are not adult men. Yeah. They're, they're well, but, in other but You've categories. also got to remember that, that guys like um, our buddy Matt with the, with the Miata. Right. He's got what? What does he got? Like fucking forty thousand followers or something on on Insta or YouTube? Just on Instagram. Right. I don't know how many, I know he just started. He didn't just start a YouTube, but his YouTube is something that he's been working on. So I I don't you know, and I haven't uh, I haven't looked at it in a while. Um, you know, but like you know, and he's just he he's just kind of following along the the process with the the Miata he's building. Yeah, and he's so. not putting a ton of time, effort, and you know, money into harvesting the. Well, I'm not saying the car because he's got a ton of time and money and effort into the car. I'm just saying yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know how much he's he's actively working to cultivate social media. Whereas, like my buddy Andrew, that's been doing it the whole time I've known him. Like he had an iPhone features and repair channel when he was like 13 years old, and mm-hmm. he now he's you know done a couple of different things, and now he's got uh, Mustang Lifestyles. And he's got, last I checked, was over 100,000 subscribers, and that was quite a while ago, so he could be much deeper than that. And it's it's a full-time business for him at this point, you know? Yeah. It it, it very well can be. Um, You know, in in the industry that I, I am, I opened a business in, there are already a couple of guys that, that do basically what I, what I talked about doing, you know, but... There are so many different avenues and so many different aspects to what I do that I don't even have to base my content off of something they're already doing. Like I could find another avenue within the same genre or realm and, you know, probably do as well as they do on YouTube and, and whatever. Right. So, you know, it's it's but like I said, it's it's something we've talked about, you know, but I one one thing that I think is important is having multiple streams of revenue. And I think we've talked about this before with like almost like the gig economy, you know, where I may not work a full time job, but I drive Uber, I deliver groceries, I fucking do Postmates, you know, whatever, you know, you get your money from, you know, you make your money, you know, four different ways and you make the same as I do going to a job nine to five Monday through Friday, but you have a little more freedom. And I think that's important too. So if, you know, if I'm not going to make a million dollars doing the main thing I got into the industry for. I actually already am working on a couple of other within the the business. We already have a couple of other streams of revenue to bring in, you know, and we will, we have plans for other streams of revenue to pull in once we can afford to do so. Good. So that's good. But we'll see. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a, 
it's a lot of work to because like I I I'm not the type of person to like I'm not I'm not going to like give up on my job to focus on on this solely. Um, so I, I I still give my job the same attention and effort that I gave before I started doing this. So I'm still putting you know 110 percent into my job. Right. They still and get 110 for the day. 40 hours a week from your yeah. 45 so, hours so a week. So so when I it is. When I when I clock out for the day, I literally switch desks, you know, because I'm working from home. So I, I roll my chair, you know, to to another desk with all of my personal stuff set up on it, and I spend another two to five hours, you know, working on shit. Right. So, you know, like I I was off. I took this past Thursday and Friday off for my birthday, and I fucking my all day on my birthday because the wife had to work anyway. I fucking sat at my desk and worked on shit for my you know the business. So well, that's what it takes. It's man. a you know. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a grind, and um, you know, so hopefully it pays off. So the, uh, but those uh, those two things are probably between your new your new gig and everything I got going on are probably why uh, we put out web- weekly episodes, but we do not post on social media like we should. Yeah, we're doing so. bad with branding. Oh God, terrible! Ter- well, no, we're we're right on we're right on key with branding. We don't do it, <laughs> but you know what I meant. You know, I, I yeah, thought no, it was I, interesting I, that where I'm at now. Uh, used to actually build all the the cars. You know, if you brought them a car and you wanted something, they would do all the work, all the installed, you know, build all the products, stuff like that. And they've kind of moved away from doing any in-house labor, but they still have an in-house mechanic who is, he's like 24 years old and he's incredibly talented. And I was floored being around him as to how mature he was. Like he, he wasn't a wine ass about anything. He, you know, he's out, he's out busting his ass in the shop, doing in-house stuff. And he's like, he cut walks in. He's like, Hey boss, I don't have anything to do. What do you want me to do right now? And the boss is like, all right, loom that wire. And he's like, all right, I'll be right back. Instead of, <laughs> Oh fuck that dude. I don't want to do that. You know? Cause nobody wants to fucking loom wire, but he, but he didn't even, yeah. he didn't even skip a beat. He's like, all right, I'll be right back. Let me close the shop doors. You know? And yeah. the kind of cool part too is, you know, he, the shop stopped doing labor in house as far as complete builds. And I was talking to the mechanic about it and he's like, Oh, all the, all the shop work that we typically have, I just do at my shop at my house now. And I was like, and they don't care. He's like, no, because we're not doing any of the work. It's, it's overflow. You know, you call us, you yeah. want stuff done. We're not going to do it. I just handle it at home. I'm still the company's mechanic and I do it in my off time. So mm-hmm. the kids work in, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day at the shop. Like you are. And then building cars at night. Yeah. You know, going home and that's like my buddy Ray, who's got the paint, the paint shop. He, he hustles Mm -hmm. hard, dude. And I helped him set up the paint, Mm -hmm. the commercial paint booth and stuff, but like he'll, he'll work a 10 or 11 hour day and then he'll come grind four or five hours out at night and go home at 11 o'clock at night and he'll work weekends, everything. And dude, he's been doing that since we were in high school. As far as just busting yeah. his ass, like he, it's sixteen year old kid on you know on the job training to skip the second half of school, and he's been doing paint mm-hmm. and body work since then, dude. And he hustles hard, and he never yeah. he never shames anybody else for anything. He's just like, man, that's good. It's good mm-hmm. to see you're working hard. You know, if you need something, let me know. And yeah. he's never ever looked down his nose at anybody. It's it's really cool to meet people that that crush it and don't try to flaunt anything. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think that's the difference when you're, especially, you know, like the, your buddy Ray, and I, I don't know him, but I assume that he's extremely passionate about paint and body. You know, like that's something he loves. It's, it's, it's his thing. He doesn't do it, you know, because it's a job. Um, 
you know, and I think that it took me a long time to find that because I definitely didn't like the, the person that I am now, as far as my work goes, like is not the person I was in like high school and after high school, but I also wasn't doing something that I enjoyed yeah, you know, or, or loved even. Yeah. Nobody so enjoys I, I throwing a, fries in the fryer and shit. No, God, no, not at all. Um, but I, I also know that like, I'm not like, there are people out there that just want to be rich and I couldn't give a fuck less about being rich. Like I, I want to, I want to, you know, have all of my bills paid. You know, I don't want to live on the street, but I, like I, you know, I'm not, I, I, I'm just not concerned with, you know, money doesn't motivate me. It's I not an acquisition more, of wealth thing. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 you know, I couldn't give a fuck less. Like I, you know, if I'm not doing, and I was reading something on Reddit this morning. I'm in financial independence, like the, the R, R financial independence, and like R fire, and and a few other like personal finance ones. And there was somebody that was asking. He was like, "Listen, he's like, I, my wife and I have a million dollars in, not savings, but in in mutual funds and and you know investment stuff that you know is low risk but high high return for retirement." Um. You know, and like I, I own a business and with all of the coronavirus stuff, I, I am, you know, I've had to obviously cut back. My business has mostly died. Um, and I, I am happier now than I was. Like I was literally miserable working 50, 60 hours a week at my own business. He's like, at what point, like, he's like, where's the balance? Like where, at what point do I not concern myself with the acquirement of wealth and focus more on doing something that I love, whether it's work or traveling or retiring or whatever. He's like, you know, where do I, he's like, I'm seriously considering about when I can open my business back up, opening it part time and just, you know, being less frustrated with it, continuing to make enough money to invest the way I have been and save the way I have been and retire in fucking 15 years instead of 10. And I I look at that and I'm like, man, I can't say I blame him. I don't want to be miserable. Like I, you know, so if like, you know, I fucking, all I want to do is make enough money to not be fucking miserable and, and be able to do what I want to do and travel and, and get around and get out. And Yeah, but it's the temporary suffrage for long term. Yeah. So, well, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, that's why I'm, you know, I'm I'm so focused on, like, I'll do both right now and, and work the longer hours because I know that with the right amount of work, I could potentially retire in 10 or 15 years. Doesn't... Don't you need to do a correction from the last episode about Charlie? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I uh, I need to apologize to my wife and to my dog Charlie. Uh, I do believe last week I said that he was a Shih Tzu. He's actually a Pekingese. I was immediately accosted by my wife uh, upon hearing her hearing that. Uh, she then told Charlie that I said that, and he has made my life miserable since then. So I I am putting a correction out there into the world so that the world may know. That my dog Charlie is indeed a Pekingese. He is. So, he's sorry, been Charlie. he's been hanging his tongue in sadness and barking in the background. I could hear. Yeah. Well, to be fair, his tongue doesn't really go back in his mouth anymore. He's old and doesn't have any teeth to keep it in. But we love him the same, no matter what. He's a good dog. He is a good dog. Oh fuck my life! Just, just I just dropped my phone. And- no, I just dropped my phone on the keyboard and it pressed whatever button stopped the recording. So, no. So luckily, you have, I think you have stopped you the recording. Anything. No, I started recording again already. Um, I didn't tell you anything until after I click start record again. Um, oh, okay. So I, I you so didn't you just said anything. fuck my life like six times. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, 
the uh, you know is what it is. That's my bad. Well, I just apologize. so just so you know, that's somewhere in the forty-five to forty-six second mark, or forty-five to forty-six minute mark, if you need to adjust it. Yeah, no, no, no. I I already put a marker in just to to listen for it. So I appreciate okay. that. Um, actually, it put a marker in for me because I dropped my phone on the marker button too. So it stopped the recording Perfect. and hit the marker button. You know, so it worked out. Um, so let's uh let's jump into trash or treasure. I uh I definitely have one this week. Um, okay, trash, 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 treasure, 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 treasure. treasure. The unfortunate part about this trash or treasure is that, um. It's you're gonna guess it fairly easily once I get into more specific things. So, um, the this person is an athlete. Um, I will not specify which type of athlete. Um, so it is not the president. Got it. It is not the president. He's trash. We already know that. That's that's neat. No, I wasn't even. Man, you gave it away. I I was wondering which one of us was gonna be the first to pick him for trash or treasure. No, well, I want to wait till he's not in office anymore so I can really. I don't, I don't need the CIA knocking on my door. <laughs> so I want to really go in on his, his orange self. Um, the, so this person started competing in their sport uh, at the age of 16. He actually started, it's a he, he actually started uh, as a triathlete. Um, in, uh, at the age, he was born in 71, so I guess it was in the 80s. Um, triathletes are a weird breed, man. Um, they're impressive human beings yeah yeah um born in texas uh i don't think you have i don't think he has any um oh wow i didn't know this he's canadian dutch and norwegian that's an odd mix i don't know so you're you're just now looking at this person's information aren't you no i just noticed that part i i have their stuff pulled up and have some other things to talk about i just noticed that part while i was looking for my spot in the article okay (laughs) canadian dutch norwegian yep 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 uh, he was a, um, wait, what the fuck? I lost my spot again. God, I'm going to have to cut all this out. <laughs> That's my favorite part is that I can cut this shit out. And then Billy's uh, going to be mad. He's not going to be mad. I don't think he listens anymore. He's mad at me. Oh. So I'll tell you why off the air. <laughs> um, this person was involved in a doping scandal, um, that caused him to be stripped of his titles. Uh, that he had won throughout the oh, years. Oh man, I I think I know who this is, and I don't want to say it yet because this is somebody I consider doing as well. If it's the person I'm thinking, okay. But go ahead. Well, no, go ahead. Does this person have one testicle? This person does have one testicle. I brought him because we talked about him recently. Um, was was this person married to Cheryl Crow? He was. Yes. Yes. I have That's no idea was, who this is. Yeah. No, I I didn't figure you did. Um. So I have a, this is, it's Lance Armstrong. I'm just going to guess it for you. Um, and I, I only, damn it. <laughs> I struggle with him because he's, I don't care about the doping thing. Like I, it's just not one of those things in sports that's ever bothered me. I'm a, I'm a huge baseball fan and I feel like this steroid era in baseball is probably one of the greatest times in the history of baseball. Well, it definitely made it more exciting when baseball was on a downward trend. And I mean, that's, that's the age that you and I were getting into baseball anyway, when Jose Canseco was like the holy shit hitting dingers. Right. And you're an Oakland A's fan. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's one of those things when you compete at the highest caliber of any 
anything, whether it was mm-hmm. car audio when we did it or it's sports or it's racing or anything. Yep. If you're at the highest tier possible and you're competing with the, the great, the greatest people on the planet, whether it's engineering or sports or anything, somebody's cheating. Everybody's Absolutely. cheating. If you're winning, yeah. you're cheating. And it's a matter of if you're getting caught and, mm-hmm. and when, when the doping stuff came around and, and, you know, Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and, and those guys, Sammy Sosa, the big three that were smashing the shit out of the ball for like five years straight. Mm-hmm. When all that came around, I, I can't remember the guy's name and you'll probably remember the guy that used to be part of the anti-doping agency that was part of helping people dope. He said the, the drug tests are nothing more than IQ tests. You have to be smarter than the test. Anybody who's kicking ass is cheating. Yeah. You know, and I've always been a fan of the free market concept. All right, let's have stringent testing in one league and let's not have any testing in another league Mm -hmm. and see which one's more exciting to watch or, you know, all right, well, in the doping league where everybody comes out and they're literally a ball of muscle, let's go ahead and move the field back, you know, to 500 feet instead of 390 feet or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Or like the, I don't know if you remember the all sport commercials, I think it was where Shaq mm-hmm. was on them in the years 20, 30, and he slam dunking yeah. on 22 foot hoops and yeah. How's shit that like that. For you, Shaq? He's a doctor. Well, he's a PhD. He's a sheriff too, I think. I think he's an honorary sheriff in Orange County or some shit. Yeah, probably. And he's fucking filthy rich. That he is. He's, you know, he's not to, not to jump off, but Shaq's a good dude. Like you constantly, especially in the, in the Orlando area. Like, you'll hear stories all the time of, like, there was one of the more recent ones I heard was he was in David's World Cycle, which is in, like, Edgewood, or not Edgewood, um, Edgewater. Um, and there was a lady in there that was buying two or three bikes for her kids, and it it wasn't, like, a lady that had the ability to, you know, like, like really afford these bikes, and it wasn't going to concern her. Like, it was a lady who was, like, had been saving, you know, uh, whatever. And, like, Shaq right. just fucking walked up to the register while he was waiting for his shit to get serviced, I guess, and, like, paid for her bikes. It was like literally like just put these on my card. Like he does shit like that. Like you hear stories of like that about Shaq all the fucking time. Right. And he grew up poor and, and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And I mean, Ashley said she's met him before and he's, you know, a very nice guy, but he's big and doofy, which I mean, that well, is yeah. what it is. He's, he is big. Yeah. And being seven, four, I can't imagine anything makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> doofy wise. You know what I mean? Like smells different. None of your, yeah. The air's a little thinner that high. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, to, I'd always heard he's a good strong, dude. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Ants, like, Larmstrong, right. Other than the doping thing, like, I can't I can't find anything that he did that was, like, terrible. Um, and like I said, I other than, like, I guess the lying thing about it is, is probably what makes it more terrible. Um, but I also understand trying to protect, you know, it would be like Tom Brady coming out and saying, yeah, you know what, I fucking deflated the footballs. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Like I mean, not... you're, you're going to commit to the scam. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, so I guess it's weird. Like it's, you know, but at the same time, like I don't like snitches get stitches. Baseball, well, but, but even with baseball, like I, I just like, I don't care. I knew, I knew they were doping. Like there's no way you're slamming fucking 70 home runs in, you know, whoa, that's, whoa, that's, whoa. That's, Mark McGuire in his rookie year hit over 50, didn't he? Doesn't he hold the record um, for most home runs by a rookie? think so but he was probably already doping by then you seen mark mcguire no he was little back then uh i mean he was littler <laughs> oh i don't and, remember so I do you th- think he... do you still think jose canseco is your favorite player even though he's a snitch 
I I don't I I I don't I don't want to say that jokingly say like I don't feel that Jose Canseco is not my favorite player necessarily. He's one of my favorite players. Okay. Um, my favorite player is probably it's probably closer to like Frank Thomas or Ken Griffey Jr. than Jose Canseco. Um, but I you know Jose Canseco he's one of those guys that I've I've constantly followed you know just throughout the years like I've always I've always liked him I always tried to wear his number when I played baseball and shit but like I you know. I gravitated more towards Griffey. I just wasn't ever good enough or the coach's son, so I could never be number 24. So Got it. You know, yeah, but I mean, when we talked about 24. Tim Allen, when we talked about Tim Allen being trash or treasure, your big mm-hmm. objection to Tim Allen was that he he rolled over and snitched on the people that got him the blow. Yeah, absolutely. He's a snitch. But do you have an issue with Kinseko being a snitch and blowing up other people's spots for having, you know, juice? Uh, absolutely. But at the same okay. time, these are guys that are... It, and I, I don't remember the circumstances specifically, but you got to like when Canseco, I think he tested, it was him that tested, was it him that testified in front of Congress or he didn't? I know Mark McGuire testified in front of Congress and fucking like just bald faced lied to Congress. First of all, right. I don't understand why the fuck Congress was involved in doping allegations in baseball. That's, yeah, that's who, fucking, that blows my who mind. Gives a fuck. But um, I feel like Jose Canseco was like more of a like fucking, no, he's, he's a lying piece of shit. Like we did all of this. So I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I just so he fessed up, but he also threw other people under the bus. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I think it was a. I I, I don't know. I guess I I guess my bias. I'll have to do my, my research on, it on that and, one. Uh, I'll do my yeah, no, research no, 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 on it and, and and make you uncomfortable having to call him trash no, or treasure at some point. Who Jose Canseco? Jose Canseco yeah. is absolute fucking trash. He is a piece of okay. shit. But it's not it's not the the lying or the doping thing. Like he's just in ter- in general a terrible human being. So, Didn't he beat the shit out of his old lady too? More than once, I'm sure. So I know yeah. there was at least once that it was documented, but yeah, no, I, I, I make no. That's actually probably why I couldn't say he's my favorite player. Like I, you know, because you you don't hear those kinds of things about King Griffey Jr. or Frank Thomas. You know, whether they're whether they happen or not, you know, you don't know. They just don't. You know. Well, I mean, so. Frank Thomas has to be your favorite player because he was a designated hitter, and that means he doesn't actually have to play. He just has to swing the bat. And then he runs <laughs> he to first, first and somebody else does the rest. Oh, yeah, did he? He played first base. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. When he played for the White Sox, I mean, through his prime, like he became, a, like most most guys, like Albert Pujols, um, he's he, he he's probably one of the last guys that started playing like when, when we were coming of age to like baseball. Um and he's still got like fucking 37 years left on the angels fucking ninety thousand million dollar contract they wrote him when he was fucking 40 something years old um so he's just nice. a dh now but like um well you know for a lot of years he wasn't just a D. Like, you know he guys like frank thomas and albert pujols you know they don't play you know like third base or anything like they're not getting fucking you know 135 mile an hour fucking balls off the bat shot at their face through their career they're like big but, poppy yeah, well, and even Big Poppy, I think the last couple seasons he played, he he switched to being a DH. So yeah, you know, it mostly happens with those guys that that are power hitters. You know, towards the end of their career, they just you know they DH and that's all they got to do. But there are you're in the you right know, like, league for it. One of my current favorite. Well, actually, I think um, not to run off on a sports tangent, but the uh, I do believe one of the things that they're changing in baseball, especially if they can agree on a shortened season, is that they're going to do a DH through both leagues now. So really, yeah, that was one of the changes they talked about. They've been talking about for years, along with like a pitch clock and some other shit. But I'm pretty. I, if I I remember, if I remember right, there was I read an article the other day that said they were going to do the DH through both leagues now. So 
but we'll see. I don't agree with it at all. Pitcher needs to try no. and swing the fucking bat. Eh, you know, the, the greatest pitcher slash hitter of all time is Bartolo Colon. So he, that doesn't mean anything to me. Who's that? Yeah, well, look it up. He's a uh, Bartolo Colon. Fuck um, you. You look it up. <laughs> Read it to uh, me. He's a pitcher. He When he played for the Mets, he fucking, there's a meme that goes around that compares like uh, Bartolo Colon to Tom Brady. And, and like Bartolo Colon, he like, he's fucking, he's like 5'10", 5'11", has to weigh 250 to 300 pounds. Like he's on the heavier side. He's a, he's just a big, big guy. And he's been a pitcher forever. He's a great pitcher. And he's, right. he's mostly a shitty hitter, but there was like one time when he hit a fucking like two run homer. Oh, and fucking everybody points to that home run as why he's better than Tom Brady because he's hit a home run and Tom Brady hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you the Bartolo Colon Tom Brady meme. I still have that somewhere. I- I actually enjoy the memes where they they take somebody who's, you know, a treasure or a goat or whatever you want to call it in yeah. an industry and compare them to somebody else who's like barely anything in another sport, but they point out shit that doesn't even make sense. It's like has hit two home runs. Yeah. Michael Jordan's hit none or you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Oh, actually, here it is. Tom Brady wins 205. Uh, 18 years in the league, zero home runs, 169 interceptions, Super Bowl losses, three. And then Bartolo Colon is, wins 247, 21 years in the league, one home run, zero interceptions, zero Super Bowl losses. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that kind of shit yep. makes me laugh. Yeah, fucking God, I love him so much. Um, but yeah, so fucking, I'll send you the video of his home run too because it was pretty funny. Um, you know, for a little while there, the highest QB rating probably ever or ever mm-hmm. in a Super Bowl belonged to a New England Patriot that wasn't Tom Brady. Julian Edelman had one pass, one completion for a touchdown, X number of yards, and threw it in the Super Bowl. When was that? Uh the like I, it's in I the last I ten like, years. Yeah, like I, I, I don't ask because I I don't think it happened. Like I I, I legitimately like I just I don't I feel like I I don't remember what play like what what even necessitated that. You know, it may not have been a super. I thought it was a Super Bowl game. It may have just been a game. I'll have to go look it up because I know they tried the same play a couple years later and it was not as successful. But mm-hmm. it was like one of those whoa because Edelman played quarterback in college. I think he didn't even mm-hmm. play receiver. Um, but so anyway, the, sports the, stuff. The Bartolo Cologne thing. Um, just for a little quick little bit of background, he's five eleven, two eighty five is what they list him at. Um, so he's a thick bitch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, when he hit the home run, it's his only home run he's ever hit. But when he hit it, it was in 2016, and he was already well into his 40s. Because pitchers typically play a lot, a lot longer than most other players. Right, uh, a lot like less it's not wear uncommon. and tear on their total body. On their to- yeah, on their total body, not on their arms so much. Um, but no. the, um, but he, so he's well over 40 years old when he hits this home run because he's been in the league since 97. Jeez. So, yeah. So that was that was mostly why it was funny. Anyway, that's wild. Well, fucking, that's good times. Well, I'm sorry my trash or treasure sucked this week. Um, no, your trash or treasure is fine. I I wanted to touch on one story and I sent it to you in the podcast committee group, and I know we're going to run a little over on it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, there was a brother and sister who were fighting the state, mm-hmm. and finally won their their civil suit against the state. Um, and obviously they're rejoicing and stuff like that. But their their suit was because they were told they were not allowed to get married because they were brother and sister. So by winning their case, they were able to get married so as brother I meant, and sister. 
I meant to point this out to you in the uh, text conversation where you sent it. Did you read the headline from the website you sent it for? Like the tagline? Uh, I may have, but I don't remember off the top of my head. It was a couple days ago. Okay. So much has happened in the news cycle, I don't even remember. <laughs> well, I, I felt like, like when you sent this, I was like, maybe he wants to do a segment that is in reference to like R, not the onion. Um, because this is World News Day of the Report where facts don't matter. <laughs> oh, is it a fake news story? I, I I don't know. I did not research it any further, but I assume that it is. So Son of a I bitch. Yeah, I meant to I meant to research it further and got distracted with everything else going on, but I do believe that it is a fake news story. Son of a bitch. Well, so. it, it'll at least open up the conversation. So I yeah. I tried to look it up. Um mm-hmm. and there typically isn't any explicit reasoning why two people can't get married other than it's icky. And historically, you know, interfamily marriages or intertribal marriages or, or stuff like that had been the case for a long time. And then obviously more recently in the last couple hundred years, it's not been as common. Um, but genetically speaking, because that's normally the big thing is, oh, well, their kids could, you know, if they had kids, they'd be more prone to genetic issues, this and that. I mean, there's people that have genetic issues that are known and choose to have children anyway. And if these people test their genetics and don't have any known genetic issues, it's just the icky factor to be concerned with. Like their kids won't, won't necessarily be susceptible to anything. If the parents are both genetically tested and don't have anything. So it led to Ashley and I during her drive, you know, out of town to have the conversation about, is this the same kind of concept as straight marriage versus gay marriage where, are you disallowing two knowledgeable consenting adults from entering into a legally binding contract because they think differently than you and it's gross? I don't know that I, I, I don't understand the question. <laughs> okay. <There's>... So <laughs> it's, it's a very odd conversation to talk about because it's considered yeah. taboo in our society, Yeah. but, but just because it's taboo doesn't necessarily mean that they don't, deserve the same civil rights that people who are non-taboo deserve. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously you and I are supportive of, you know, homosexual marriages as much as we're supportive of heterosexual marriages. Everybody should be equally fucking miserable. Nobody deserves special treatment because they're the majority. If it comes to a human rights issue. Okay. Is there anything wrong legally civil rights wise with, Cousins marrying or brothers and sisters marrying or brothers marrying. Okay. Sorry. Um, Yeah. So that's where a conversation went. My. Not that I. No, no, no. Not that I'm into it, obviously. No. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But, but see, and here's the thing. Like I, I, I've never understood why the government's involved in marriage. Like, like it just, you know, like it's just not one of those things that they should be involved in. Um, You know, like it's just, it's, it's not. You know, if, if you if you meet this person and they're who makes you happiest and they're who you want to marry, do you think go get married? Like I don't understand why the government has to be even be involved in it. So in that in that sense, you know, sure, like, you know, if that's what makes you happy, what the, who the fuck am I? I'm not, you know, I'm not the fucking I'm not the happy police. So right. So I you know, like I said, I'm it is what it is. I don't I don't give a shit. 
But, but would it make you flinch in public if someone's like, this is my sister, she's also my wife? No, I mean, I, well, yeah, no, I'm lying. That would, they would, I'd, I'd be like, huh? Can you can, excuse me with baking powder? Like, I, you know, I'd, I'd have to ask him to repeat that. But, you know, at the end of the day, is that scene, but that's different because, like, I, I can have an opinion one way or the other about it. You know, the problem is when I treat that person differently because of that. Or tell them that your opinion is more important than their yeah, opinion absolutely. just because it, you don't. Not. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, it, it's not, it's not my thing, but I don't, I don't care. Yeah. So. If you're not hurting anybody, who the fuck cares? Yeah. No, it, it's a, it, you know, there's, there's no, there's no crime. So in this episode, we have determined that Lance Armstrong is trash. Treasure. Wait, treasure. You think Lance- well, well, I don't know. I, yeah, he's got to be trash. He cheated. So he's, It's only cheating if you get caught. Him. I learned that yeah, from he, Al Bundy. He got caught. <laughs> yeah. I think the bigger unfortunate situation there is that Stan got in trouble on South Park for cutting off his supporting Live Strong bracelet and then lied about it and then he got caught. So he got shamed for it. Yeah, I mean, Stan, Stan fucked up. I'm, I'm with, I'm with the, uh, I'm with the fine folks in South Park. Stan fucked up. You know, it's interesting when Lance Armstrong got jammed up for the steroids bullshit. So did mm-hmm. several other racers that qualified right behind him. So, yep. so the one, one of the championships, it was like, well, he's out, and then the second place guy's out, and yeah. the third place guy is out. So yeah. the fourth place guy actually won. Well, yeah. fuck, is it better to win because? you were in fourth place and the other guys got DQ'd or would you actually like to win? Like, are you going to walk around screaming, I'm the fucking champion oh, with no, your yeah. title well, belt, even though you didn't fucking win. So, you know what I would be mad about though, is as the fourth place person, knowing that I could have probably beat the first three people, had they not cheated, I would have been mad at all the endorsement money that I missed out on by not being the tour de France winner that year. Eh, I bet the fourth place guy was juicing too, just not as hard. Yeah, probably. Or he didn't get caught in some form or fashion. So, I guess if I have to call him trash or treasure, I yeah. guess he's more trash than treasure. Absolutely. He never inspired me either way. So, nope, never, never, not at all. So, all right, buddy. Well, uh, let's get the hell out of here. Yep. We learned it's okay to marry your sister. We learned Correct. Lance Armstrong is trash. Trash. And, uh, that's it. That's all we learned today. Right. We didn't well, learn much, uh, guys, but we learned we hard. We never really learn anything, but, you know, we try. Uh, if you guys do want some uh, free stickers, make sure that you hit us up on the social medias at Nothing in Mod Pod, and we will get those out to you in the mail. The only thing we ask in return is that you send us a picture of where you placed said stickers so that we may then, in turn, share that on the social media. Uh, other than that, I don't think I have anything else. We want you guys to have a good weekend. Stay safe out there. The uh, the coronavirus numbers are on the rise again. Shit's getting wild coronavirus. out in Florida. So stay safe. Uh, but we uh, we can't wait to catch up with you guys next week. We'll talk to you later. We love you. Bye. Stop it. Bye. See ya. See ya. Hey, kids. You've reached the end of the podcast. That's it. There's nothing more here. Just dead air in this closing statement. We appreciate your diligence, though. Now go back about your day and come back for the next show. Or listen again. In fact, that sounds like a better plan. Grab another show. That's what I'm doing right now. Whoever listens the most wins. You don't really win anything, really. Just the memories of better times. 
which is winning in my book. All right, well, this is the actual end. Hand banana.